an interesting message today called Credible Witnesses. And the reason the title exists today is because I was called to jury duty this past week. And the judge had a lot to do with stirring my spirit up. Now, I have to be upfront and honest with you. I'm not preaching at nobody here today. I deal with man in the mirror all the time. And so being honest and transparent to you, I was kind of fussing about the fact that I had to go through the process of jury duty. And, and I say that based on the obvious. Most of the people that were in the group wanted to be on the jury. And, and you know, Lord, I don't have to be on the jury. I'm good, you know. I've got other things I can be doing for your kingdom. And, and while I'm fussing, there was enough of my spirit, man, that was trying to realize that there's a purpose for all things. And he spoke to my spirit. He said, I want you to listen to the judge, son. And when the judge got through with what she had to say, I was like, I'm so thankful I'm here. I needed to hear this. And the judge was looking for a group of people that would represent her objective in that courtroom. She was given an objective by the people that elected her to be that, in that seat. Amen. And her objective was to make sure there was a fair trial. Amen. And that no one is going to be accused of anything with a guilty sentence unless, you know, there is apple evidence. There has to be no thought of innocence whatsoever has to be no reasonable doubt whatsoever and I mean she kept going through it over and over and over again until I was convinced she needs six people on that in that jury that's going to represent her and her objective she don't need nobody on them seat in those seats working against what her objective is and so the Lord spoke to me about credible witnesses. Amen. And you know, at New Life Fellowship, we have two things that the Lord has given us a vision of this house for. And that, that is that we encourage and lead people to experience Christ, number one. Experience Christ. Underline that word experience. I'm not talking about just confessing him. We're talking about experiencing him. It's part of the vision of the house and to our community and for those that come in. Amen. That they experience Christ on a level that they can now have kind of relationships that are healthy. Build healthy relationships. Everybody wants healthy relationships. We all want to be connected because there's fulfillment in being connected. Amen. Being lonely is not fun. Being separated is not fun. Unhealthy relationships are not cool. And so the vision of the house that God has given us is that we lead and we encourage, we point people to experience Christ and build healthy relationships. Amen. For that to happen, there has to be a witness. There has to be credible witnesses involved. There has to be some evidence that God is actually at work. And so I uh, want to take a few moments today and just challenge you on you being God's credible witness. What was it about Jesus, the Son of God, the Son of God, that made him such a credible witness for his Father. Give that a thought for a moment. I'm going to read you something because his followers had never experienced God on the level that they were experiencing Jesus. 
and they required some evidence. And notice what it says here in John 14 and 8. Philip says, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. You keep talking about you're here doing your Father's work. And you only say what you hear him say and only do what you see him do. Show us the Father and, and we'll be happy. And Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. And so I have to ask myself the question, what do people see in me, amen, that validates the fact that I'm a credible witness, or maybe I'm not a credible witness. Is this okay, y'all? So I'm encouraged today with the truth that none of us here need any man to teach us but the Holy Spirit. I can't reveal anything to you. You can't reveal anything to me. Only God can reveal himself to us. But it is interesting to note that he limits himself to finish what he started through us. I do know that when you and I make ourselves available to him, whew, greater things than he did when he was on earth in that body, he can now do through his body, the church. But it's going to take an experience from heaven. There's an experience in Christ that facilitates and empowers us to be witnesses. Amen? You can't question it when that begins to happen. And so we're talking about credible witnesses today. Am I a credible witness for Jesus as I serve with him on his mission. Amen. Do the words I speak reveal who my father is? And I must say to everyone today, when at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, the words you speak do reveal who your father is. And they tell, amen, where our allegiance is. And... <laughs> Everybody relax. I've caught my thumb in my mouth before too. Pastor, you don't suck your thumb. But in a spiritual sense, I've sucked my thumb before. I've tripped over my bottom lip because I've been pouting over something. Anybody ever done that before? And I was mumbling and complaining and griping and fussing and whining. Oh, well, doom, despair, agony, defeat. And that is revealing something about who my father is. <laughs> oh, Jesus won't stop coming after me because his plans is to get me. And he's going to use all those times when I'm self-protecting and self-promoting. And I've got heartburn because I feel like someone owes me an apology. Anybody ever thought that before? You owe me an apology. Where did that come from? 
So I'm not preaching to nobody. I hope that I can give you my personal experiences of uh, fussing with my true identity in Christ and, and allowing the enemy to trick me into playing poker with him. And you never win when you play poker with the devil. Oh, he beats everybody. So just don't take the hands he gives you. You're never going to figure them out. Amen. But the temptation is, oh, I can do this. I got it. Yeah, and that never works out, does it? I haven't had anybody give me a testimony yet that it ever worked out. Amen. And so <laughs> my heart leaps, though, when people actually tell me, man, I can hear the voice of God. Man, that just makes me excited. Now, you may have an attitude that don't depict that you actually heard from heaven, but the fact that you can hear from God is awesome. Question is, when we hear from God, do we pause long enough to get a confirmation and a validation on the fact that it actually came from God? And if you've never taken the time to pause long enough to double check the fact that God actually said this, you're probably going to find out that the enemy tricked you into believing it was God speaking. Oh, I've been there, done that too. Have you ever tried to prove a point to somebody before? If you're trying, <laughs> I know you, more of you could raise your hands because all of us got a little bit of lawyer in us. You're not going to prove any points to nobody. Look, us coming into our true identity where we're actually hosting God on the level we're designed to host Him, where there is fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, long-suffering, temperance, gentleness, kindness, where that's actually what we're actually carrying for Him comes by way of Him. I can't say anything but what my Father says. And I can't do anything but what I see my father do. That fruit is there because of that dynamic. That comes by way of experience. Now, I have to tell you now, in my faith <laughs> over the last 50 years, amen, there's been some interesting fruit that I've carried. All in the what I thought that was the name of Jesus. And it had nothing to do with him. But he worked with it with grace and mercy. And his mercies were new every morning. And so hearing God, everybody can hear God. And we find that truth here in Matthew 7, 15. Amen. Um, there's two things that happen amen, or validate a credible witness in the kingdom of God or not a credible witness in the kingdom of God. I don't know if you can be in the kingdom of God and not be a credible witness, okay? so, But you can go to church, though. Is that, would that be true? You can, you can go to church and not be the church. You can say amen and put a mask on and not actually mean the amen you just said. Can anybody ever, don't have to raise your hand, but I, I've been there, done that. Didn't know it. And so what the, the two things that we, we want to look at today that, that will help us know where we stand in our relationship this way is his will versus self-will. Amen. 
In Matthew 7, 15, Jesus is the one saying this, so this helps me since he's saying it. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ferocious wolves. I'm reading from the NIV. Verse 20, by their fruit you will recognize them. So everybody relax. Okay, now we can know a false prophet that is really a ferocious wolf that's just wearing sheep's clothing. We can know them by the fruit. Verse 21, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only the ones who does the will of the Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, didn't we not prophesy in your name and drive out demons and, do, and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will plainly say to them, or I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, ye evildoers. And that original uh, translation of evildoers is self-willed ones. Those who are self-willed. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is a wise man that build their house on the rock. So we're finding out here that I can pray, I can prophesy, I can lay hands on you, and you can be healed. I can even cast out devils and not be a credible witness. Are y'all tracking? But if I have the fruit of the Spirit in my life, regardless if I prophesy or cast out devils, which is normally the signs that follow them that believe, <laughs> amen? So we're not preaching against signs and wonders. We're all on board with the enemy running seven different ways today. We're all on board with everybody in this house being healed today. That's what Jesus does. I mean, that's the, that's the evidence of his presence in a place. But the fruit validates the witness. Amen? And this is so important for me because in the world that I live, in the lens I look through, I need Jesus. Does anybody need mercy today? Well, then it would be probably a good idea that I give mercy if I need it. Wouldn't that be? If I, if I, if I plant the seed of kindness i'll probably get a harvest of kindness would that be true if my judgment towards humanity is righteous judgment then i'm going to get that same judgment back i might get run over by a steamroller too but that's okay if if i die for christ he's glorified that's cool but the point is if there's something that i need and i need jesus Amen. Then what I give to you is going to come back pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Amen. And so I believe that everyone's here today because you want to be God's credible witness. Amen. Now, uh, I can go all kinds of ways right now because the presence of God is really saying, okay, son, thank you. I'll take over from here. I need Jesus. In the beginning, the first accusation was against God. The enemy does his job well. He started stealing from Adam what belonged to Adam by accusing God. God, 
is leaving you out. He's keeping something from you, Adam. And Adam bought into the charge. I know all of us saying, man, have that been me? Uh-uh. God needs a credible witness, devil, and therefore you can't tell me on that. But Adam didn't have any experiences that supported his ability to be the credible witness. That, and, 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 and I know some of some pastor will be careful now. I'm just saying, if you haven't experienced grace, you don't know what grace looks like. If you haven't experienced mercy, you don't know what it looked like. So our granddaddy, Adam, he came into the being. God breathed into him life. He became a spirit man in a body, and he's never messed up. He don't know what shame feels like. He don't know what guilt feels like. He, he don't know how to stand up to the enemy and say, oh, no. My daddy stood up for me and died my death and took my debt and paid it off. He don't know how to do that, right? So Adam becomes subject, amen, to a fall because of accusation. And accusation is the sin that separates us from God. Well, that's important for y'all to catch now. Sin means separation from God. Everybody agree? Sin equals separation from God. Accusation is the trick that the enemy played on Adam. Have you ever accused anybody before? Did you feel like you had them dead to rights? And you wasn't about to turn the other cheek, by the way. <laughs> right? And so accusation is the key element that keeps the bodies, the members of the body of Christ, if we're in the body, it'll separate us from one another. And God calls you a member of his body. He purchased you. We've not, we've not yet given our heart. We may not have said amen and let God empower us to be connected, fitted, jointed, amen, all in, unified. Yes, it's about God and others. It ain't about me. Amen. Oh, by the way, that's, that was free. You could take that and write that down. Because if, if the guy in the mirror that I have to deal with every day needs to be petted, it's not going to be a good day for me. But if I can somehow, with God's help and empowerment of the Spirit, keep that guy in the grave, then I can walk about the day and make it about God and others. And I can be on mission because I'm now a steward of the manifold grace of God. People are going to slap you. They're going to talk bad about you. They're going to do you wrong. But when you got the old man in the grave and you are now empowered by the Spirit, you don't have to self-protect or self-promote no more. And I know everybody's saying, we need Jesus. That's the point. There's more experience in God today for me and you. That we can have. This thing don't stop. It's not a one-time experience, ladies and gentlemen. And right now, where you're sitting, you can begin to experience God on a new level while the word is being preached. To the place where you can say, amen, it's not about how you say amen, but it's the agreement in your spirit that is the amen that lets the spirit of God come on a new level in your spirit. 
when I let the Spirit have lordship in my life, come on, y'all, I tell you, this is what's so important for us to catch today, amen, in 1974, and I haven't been the perfect little boy since 1974, but when God asked me to give him my heart, that was the only ask from heaven to me, give me your heart, yes, sir, I'm going to give you my heart, and he gave me something in exchange, he don't ask no more. He's Lord now. I pause for that one. He commands, and he's a good daddy. He's a gentleman. He don't force nothing on us. It's always, I'm going this way. You've already given me your heart, so you're in, right? Look, guys, when I gave him my heart, I didn't know there were some storms that were coming. I didn't know that the path he placed me on was going to require me to pay attention to how he responds with stuff happening. And instead of responding like him, I reacted like the old man. And I was convinced that he didn't care. And I was just like those other disciples in the boat. I was screaming at him while he's sleeping. He ain't got a problem with the storm. He has no problem that the boat's filling up with water. Because he's already spoken. And what he's spoken is, in, is happening. But there's some stuff going on in between. And I'm, I'm helping someone here today because... Walking with him from my personal lens don't look fair. But walking with him with a single eye and trusting him, which is the greatest form of worship. There is no other kind of worship that competes with trusting God. Amen. This is why it's so important for you and I as being credible witnesses on his behalf, on God's behalf, is that we experience God continually. Amen. We're changed into his likeness from glory to glory as by the Spirit of the Lord. That glory is experiencing the Spirit of the Lord. Next glory, experiencing the Spirit of the Lord. Next glory. This thing keeps going. And keeps going. It don't stop. And I must say to you, I can't explain it, but I know that I know that I know that this is an eternal experience in God that never stops. You will never experience on God that you completely know Him and have seen all of Him. It's an eternal relationship with your Father that is wow all the time. Does anybody want to live your life starting today? with the wow factor all the time? Do you want to have the wow factor while you're going through stuff that you don't like going through? Unfair things that, that are not cool? And so, credible witnesses. Amen? God gets falsely accused in the beginning. And so he puts it in his law that anyone accused must have two or three witnesses that confirm the accusation, right? Jesus comes on the scene, 
uses that same principle that God puts in his law, that same precept. And he says, now, if somebody gets heartburn with you, or maybe you have heartburn with them, he says, you go to that person and you work it out. And if they're not willing to work it out, you come back and get a witness and you go back and you put it to the test again. This is good. And he goes on to say that do that 490 times in one day. No, hold it, time out. There ain't enough time on the clock for me to go work out a problem, then go back, get a witness, and come back and try to confirm, and then turn it over to the church, the elders. Come on, we got to have three minimum before we, we judge the matter in a guilty mindset. And then he wants me to turn the cheek 490 times in one day. Now, does anybody in here can do that without God? I mean, it's not possible, is it? As a matter of fact, he put it in a way that you can't, you can't achieve it. So how merciful is our Heavenly Father? You can't measure it, can you? But he's the judge. And there's people that are going to go to the bad place because they chew. Not because they had to go past his mercy, his mercy, his mercy, his mercy, his mercy, his invitation, him trying to stop them, all this trying to block them, and they still go anyway. And y'all have a pastor that's pretty hard-headed. But I'm not just talking about the lake of fire. I'm talking about the kingdom of hell that's working in our earth right now. This is good for everybody to catch this today. Because the kingdom of hell is working in our earth right now. And how do we know the kingdom of hell exists? Well, I can tell you. You can tell me. You probably don't know you can tell me, but I'm fixing to encourage you so you can. And I can't prove this to you for you. But when I tell you about me, you'll probably go, okay, that, that's the kingdom of hell. Yeah. Grumbling complaining paul comes the third time to the corinthian church and he's addressing the leaders of the corinthian in second corinthians 13 read it for yourself out of the mouth of two or three witnesses let every word be he's using the same principle that god wrote into his law if anybody's accused come back credible witnesses ladies and gentlemen he uses the same passage that jesus uses when he says mm -mm, can't do it without two or three witnesses and he's speaking to leaders that are grumbling and complaining, and jealous, and arrogant, and gossiping. He's writing to leaders. Okay, now, I just explained the kingdom of hell to you right there. Grumbling, complaining, fault-finding, gossip, accusation. That's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Y'all tracking? In the Holy Spirit. In the Holy Spirit. This spirit baptism in fire is not a suggestion, y'all. It's a mandate. It's not a suggestion. It's a mandate. Learning the king's language is not a suggestion that was just for them back then. No. Uh-uh. 
getting in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit to the place where you are caught up in the Spirit is necessary so that your spirit man can be edified. You can be built up. You can begin to see, amen, on a level you have never seen before, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. What do you mean, Pastor? You're speaking in Christianese, Greek to me. No, look, what looks like a bad situation and I want to run from it, in the spirit, you'll walk right up into it. As stewards of the manifold grace of God, I mean, let me say that one more time. As stewards, that's, you, that's who you are and me. If you're a believer in Christ and you've been born again of spirit and fire, you're a steward of the manifold grace of God. Stop right there. If that's not happening... You're operating in the kingdom of the enemy. Anybody, anybody don't like fusses or fights and stuff like that? The silence is an amen to me, Sue. I, I, you don't have to say amen for me. I know the amen's going on inside. It's like, oh my God. Challenges, circumstances that are ugly. When you get in the spirit you become an instrument of god's love you become an extension of his passion for the ones he loves when people are hurting instead of running from that situation you step into it as an available vessel of the kingdom of god and you let god manifest his grace every accusation is an opportunity for the kingdom of God to manifest. Oh, this is good, ladies and gentlemen. Every, in a, every argument, every fuss, every fight, every painful situation, every time you get struck on this cheek, you turn that cheek until you're able to turn the other two cheeks. And you keep turning the cheeks until the grace of God has been dis displayed. And now you're walking with Christ, and now you're crucified with him. Anybody want to be crucified with Christ? No, I don't. Yeah, you do. I hear you. It don't sound like fun. But if you're in the Spirit, and you're experiencing the kingdom of God, everybody enjoys peace, that passive understanding, joy that's unspeakable and full of Everybody wants that. Guess where you get it? In the fire. Guess where you get it? Being crucified with Christ. Pastor, Lord, I don't like the way you teach it today. No, but you want the miracle in your life. You want the miracle in your house. You want the miracle in your relationships. You want the miracle on your job. You want to be healed in your body. You want everything that the kingdom offers. And the Lord's saying, trust me and go with me where the old man in the mirror don't want to go. Trust me. And what God's asking from me takes worship which is trust to go there. Every accusation is an opportunity for you to see Jesus like you've never seen him before. The accusation might even get seven times hotter. And you don't even know if you're going to make it through it. But when you get up in there, that's where he's at. 
And that's where the enemy's kingdom comes down. He's just looking for a vessel. Amen? A credible witness. Jesus wants to challenge all of us today to know some, there's some, there's three key things you can observe in what it takes to be a credible witness on behalf of Jesus Christ. Amen? Because Adam failed the test. God didn't have a credible witness in the beginning, did he? <sighs> Poor God. God was in love with Adam. He run Adam down. And Adam's sitting here right now because he believes in Adam. Somebody needed to hear that just then. He believes in what he started. He believes so much that he's going to finish what he started in you, Adam. So the first thing that needs to be considered when we uh, take the opportunity to challenge ourselves to be his credible witnesses, we need to hear the truth in the facts. Hear the truth in the facts. Amen. What in the world is God doing? What is Jesus at, at doing right now in this trial of my faith? <laughs> I certainly don't see him right now. Man, I'm going through some stuff that's unfair. And so you have to pause long enough to, oh, I'm fixing to run when I need to stand. I'm in the cave in, amen, when I should set my face like Flint and focus on the prize. You follow me? And hold. Watch Jesus at work doing in this trial of my faith. And so we begin to hear what the spirit of truth is actually saying, amen, about the situation, the circumstance, the pain, amen, the ugly that's going on, so that we at that point can be available for him. And where we don't want to be in the moment, we're available for him to show up and show out. And we get an experience in the middle, of the, in the very place we don't really ask for the experience. That's where God chooses to give the experience so that we begin to develop in our identity, amen, and develop into being credible witnesses on behalf of God. Where's, where's this happening? In the fire, in the pain, in the broken relationship, in the unfair circumstances of life, amen. And so... In, in, in Matthew 18, 34, uh, we find out that the moment that I think someone owes me, I just went to jail. It's right there in the Bible. God forgives a man of a debt he couldn't pay back, just kind of like he did us. We couldn't pay the cent debt off. So God comes down in flesh and pays our debt off. And I'm going to hold you chartable because you owe me five bucks. What's wrong with that picture? And Jesus is telling his disciples, if you're going to follow me, you're going to be credible witnesses. This is what he's teaching them. He's letting them know that, look, there was this servant that owed a debt. And the king was merciful and forgave that servant. But that servant had a 
brother that owed him $5. And he wanted that $5 right now. And that brother didn't have any. He said, look, man, give me some time and I'll get the $5 to you as soon as possible. He said, oh, no, uh-uh, you're going to give it to me today. And the angel, of that, 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 that servant's angel is watching. A steward of heaven is watching. And he goes back and tells the king. This is what happened. The king pulls that guy and says, didn't I forgive you of a debt you couldn't pay? Yeah. Well, why couldn't you forgive your brother his debt? And the guy was speechless, like, ah. And the king takes and puts him in prison until he pays the debt. Now, how are you going to pay the debt in prison? Y'all want the answer? The Lord gave it to me. It set me free. Oh, it's so easy. I should have had a V8 moment happen because I've been in prison more times than I want to talk about because I thought someone owed me an apology. I thought someone owed, they should take care of the debt they owed me. They, they slapped me, and I knew they knew what they was doing. They shouldn't have did that. Anybody relating to the old man I had to deal with in the mirror? And the Lord said, look, son, you're only in jail because you won't forgive. Forgive, and you can come out. The door's unlocked. You mean all I need to do is forgive them, and I can, oh, yeah, you ain't got to stay in all that grumbling and complaining and fussing and warring that's going on in your spirit. You don't have to stay there. You can come out of jail and step back into your identity and be at peace, full of joy. Forgive. Anybody ever prayed, forgive us of our debts as we forgive those who are indebted for us? Have we ever prayed that before? Have you ever prayed that in a minute? And if you don't do it, guess what? You get led into temptation. And you get all this extra emotions that you really don't want to deal with and all this frustration and anxiety and and it's just like that's the kingdom of hell and the devil's doing his job well he's doing a great job at doing what he does so that we get sick and tired of being sick and tired and then here we go all i needed to do is let go of that five dollars you owe me man this cost me more than five dollars being in jail yep i Figured that out, that was painful. And so we're paying more trying to be in charge than it's worth. I'm I'm preaching to the guy in the mirror. I'd like to be in charge of my life. And I'd like to be in charge of how you treat me. And I'd like to be in charge. Where does Jesus get to come in in this picture? Has he got a mission he's asked me to join with him? Has he got a purpose that I'm supposed to be in unity with him on? When did it become about me when the enemy sold that lie to me? He sold it to my granddaddy Adam. And the Lord's still delivering Adam to this day. Amen. So listening to what the Spirit has to say, the Spirit of truth about the facts Because the enemy wants to present the facts too, right? (laughs) He's the prosecuting attorney. He got some facts too. And if you pay attention only his facts, you're going to go to jail. And you're not the one on trial. He'll get the jury to go to jail too. Contempt of court. Man, how did we get in jail? 
Oh, this is good. I wasn't doing nothing. I was trying to be a good boy. I know I've been trying to be a good boy too. And trying to be a good boy don't work out well for me. There's only one good, and that's God. Did the enemy try to sell that be good to you too? Work hard and God will love on you because you're a hard worker in the kingdom? Well, that's the enemy lying to you. It don't work out that way. He needs a credible witness. A credible witness is not getting people to work hard. A credible witness is, amen, amen, we're sons and daughters in the kingdom. We're powerful. We're stewards of the manifold grace of God. We're with our daddy. We're kings and priests of the kingdom. We're powerful. The enemy knows that. What does he want from me? He wants your power so he can facilitate his kingdom. And so he puts you in jail. He gets you to believe a lie that looks like the truth. It sounds like the truth. It looks like Jesus, and Jesus is warning of that. Paul warns the church of the same. The enemy knows how to take our credible witness away from us. Paul tells them, I've come to you the third time. Now examine yourself and see whether or not you be of the faith. What's he saying? Look, I mean, Paul gets plain with him, and he's third time. He says, you're murmuring. You're complaining. You think people owe you an apology. You've been done wrong. All that's the evidence you're not in the faith. Paul, why'd you have to do that to me like that? How come you said it that way to me? That hurts. Because everything Paul said when he wrote that letter to the Corinthian church about examine yourself, see if there be any complaint, murmuring, arrogance, pride, gossip, fault-finding, if there's any of that in you right now towards anybody, you're not of the faith. And then he says, I pray that when I get there, you have matured. Amen. Pastor Lutz, it's kind of heavy message today. No, the enemy's shaking in his pointy toe boots right now because he's losing ground with you. And you're hosting God's presence on a level right now saying, Lord, some of you are saying right now, I can't do this, Lord, you're going to have to help me. Pastor Lowe said, there's an experience that I can have, and I need that experience on a new level, Lord, today, because I see what the problem is. And you're going to have to get me that, that, that person in the mirror. You're going to have to help me get them in the grave so that you can manifest, Daddy. Some of y'all are praying that prayer right now where, where you're sitting. And, and, and the enemy is shaking now because our community is going to be in the community God gave us, the people he put in our path. They're waiting on us to be who we're designed to be because they don't know. They need some light. And right now we got to get out of the darkness into the light. And the way you do that is quit waiting on the next person to do it. Deal with the one in the mirror. All because I was called to jury duty this week. <laughs> Second point. Oh, by the way, Jesus promises this before he leaves in the clouds. He says, you're going to want to be my witnesses because you, seen, you see that I'm out of the grave. And I met with 500 plus people. He said, you're going to go try to tell people about what you've seen and you're not ready. Really? No, you're not ready. I want you to go back to Jerusalem and hang out until you be endowed with power from on high. This is Matthew chapter 1, read it in verse 8. 
says it right there. Then, when you get in doubt, you experience this power from on high, then you can go be my credible witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Do y'all realize that don't change, ladies and gentlemen? That same commission is still intact and enforced to this day. The only ones that are actually being a light in our world right now are those that have agreed, amen, that I need more, Daddy. Bring it on. And Paul made it clear to the Corinthian church that he was talking to. He was giving them a good rebuking and reproving. And he even goes as far to say, look, I speak in tongues more than all of you do. He gets right on to them. Pastor Lowe, what are you doing? What are you No, 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 no. I pray in the Spirit more than all of you do. Why? Because I need it. I need it to be able to serve on the level God's called me to serve as a steward of the manifold grace of God. I can't make it unless I am spirit-filled and spirit-led. I can't make it unless the Lord has total liberty to be the Lord in my life, and I learn to say only what he said. And sometimes he will say it with groaning. Sometimes he will say it in another tongue. Sometimes he will say it in an unknown tongue. And guess what? I am subject to the Spirit. And I will let the Spirit say what the Spirit wants when the Spirit gets ready to say, because he's the Lord. We're not going to debate this. God started it. And when he started it, he needs us all to know he's still the Lord. And he wants rulership of that most unruly member of your body. As long as you need to be the one in charge of that tongue, you ain't going to win. The sooner you let him take charge of that tongue, the sooner you win. Uh, I'm, I'm quoting from Paul, ladies and gentlemen to the church. Anybody want to be a member of God's body, call the church. The second point that's important is what experience have you witnessed in Christ that makes you God's credible witness? What experience? Amen. Anybody ever got the t-shirt and burned it before? Anybody still got the t-shirt and you're just looking at it and and just reminding yourself of what that t-shirt cost you? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Experiences in life are real. I, I was just telling Burton and a couple of the elders and remember, reminding them that when we, we laid this the lines of this property and this building, we poured the or we we dug the footers to pour. The morning that we were to pour, we bought a gallon of olive oil and prayed over it. Said, Lord, we're going to anoint this property. Spirit prompted it. And uh we're going we're gonna to just pour this olive oil all the way around this footer. Now, keep in mind, that's 500 feet. One gallon for 500 feet. And the engineer in the room was going, can't do it. Ain't possible. Engineers pretty well know what they're talking about when they start measuring ounces and distances and all. No, you can't, you can't pour a steady stream of 500 feet and there still be Olive oil and gas. No, we didn't just pour 500 feet. We poured the whole property, 5,500 feet. Y'all got to catch this. And we still got almost a half gallon left. Now, maybe you wasn't there, but I was, and there was about 30 more 
that witnessed that. Credible witnesses and the Spirit of God upon what was going on on this property when we poured the foundation of this house. I'm standing right here. It's special to me, y'all, in that it's an experience I did. Took my father's Bible that he had marked up, Thompson Chain, nice Bible, wrapped it all up, secured it and put it in the foot right up under this pulpit in this plow right here. Now, it may not mean nothing to you, but for me and what my dad meant to me and what his relationship with God meant to me, he was a credible witness of which direction to go. And his witness, I could see God at work in his life. It impacted me. And I'm standing here today because of credible witnesses in my life. God's so good. God is so good. And the third point, I don't even know what time it is. I can't, I can't see that far. I'm closing with this point so everybody can be really encouraged. Amen. You and I, as God's credible witness, render on behalf of him his merciful verdict. Mm -hmm. He's not willing that any perish. He's not willing that any perish, but all come to a changed heart and mind. Had a vision, experience with God. And in my vision, I saw several of New Life family in the choir. So it's a big way we got a choir, but apparently God wants to have a choir. He's going to have to do that. But the choir was poised and ready. And it was young, a lot of young people, lots of young people. And my son I'm setting up if I can see it. I'm looking. I had my son standing to me to my left. And I said, pay attention. Because Tony Mills sitting in there, he's the juror. <laughs> and he's going to render the verdict. And I said it like that. I said, pay attention to the verdict in my vision. I mean, it was so real. I mean, I was, I was experiencing it. And everybody was poised. Everybody was like the anticipation. You could, I could feel it in my vision. Anticipation was high. And Tony said, mercy. And when he said mercy, the choir and the young people like acrobatics, they were so excited. They started like acrobatics. It was so, and the song was awesome. Somebody's tracking. We're designed to render the verdict mercy. Our identity includes that we're merciful. We're like our daddy. Jesus took every opportunity to walk straight up in the jaws of a lying enemy. And when I say it like that, I'm not trying to be unkind to the religious group, but the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the lawyers, they didn't stop attacking him, did they? They found a lady that was caught in the act of adultery. Don't know what happened to the man. He got away somehow. 
History says he was part of the religious group. She gets drug to Jesus. This gets me, y'all. And Jesus shows all of his followers, this is how you are God's credible witness. And he extended mercy to her. Oh, she was caught in the act. They got the law. They got the stones in their hands already. They're ready to go to work. And Jesus, come on, we got some Jesuses in here. Jesus only says what he hears. And God spoke through the second man, Adam, that didn't fail to be a credible witness. <laughs> and he's showing us to step up to our identity. He said, he or she that hath no sin, go ahead and throw. It's amazing when you can hear the truth in the facts. And it's amazing that when you step into a situation that looks like it's already over. Anybody ever been in those? And this is over with. It ain't over till God says it's over. And whatever situation you're experiencing right now that looks over is a lie. It's not over. Man, the Lord wanted you to hear that one. It's not over. Oh, you think it's over. And he said, no, no. Uh -uh, I'm about to do something to blow your mind. Not only does he render mercy to her, but he speaks life into her. Picks her up. And gives her direction. History indicates that she's the one that breaks that alabaster box. She's the one that washes his feet with her tears. <laughs> and she's the one that saw him first when he comes out of the grave. You reckon she's a credible witness? Every one of us know about her, don't we? And that's all Daddy's asking, folks. And he promises, he promises to give us the promise. And that's his spirit and his fire. When he gets through with that in us, we have passion. And we're not afraid no longer. And it don't matter what ugly looking at you in the face, you know that's your opportunity to be daddy's credible witness. Instead of running from it, you walk into it because you know who you are. And if you want to walk that kind of place with him, which is where peace and joy is at. Don't add up, man. I'm walking right into a fire that's seven times hotter than I want it to be. That's where you're going to enjoy peace and joy because that's where he's at. And that's where the enemy's kingdom falls. And you were chosen to walk with him in those places. Now, if by chance you may be fussing and griping and complaining and bickering, and frustrated and jealous 
and accusing and think someone owes you, that's the kingdom of hell. If anybody owes you anything, know this, you're already in jail. You want to come out? Let it go. It's going to take Jesus to help you do that, though. He knows it. And it's set up so that you can't do it without him. You can't forgive one person without him. You can only do it with him. Because he's the only one that's good. Anybody want to join a good one in what he's doing? He's cleaning this earth up. He's purging it with fire. Holy Spirit fire. Anybody want to go with him? You're not going to be able to figure it out, but you can trust him. He's given you that, and he gives it by experience. So let's all quit trying to figure God out. Let's experience God. And let's trust him with walking on water, making it to the other side with a boat that's full of water. If the boat breaks up, just hold on to a piece. We're going to get to dry land. And the miracle is still going to happen. Is that okay? God is looking for a credible witness. What you going to do about it? Could we stand? Father, thank you for this word today. Thank you for taking me to jury service this week and stirring my spirit up so that I could see myself in a lens I didn't seen before and deal with the old man in the mirror. Thank you, Lord, for trusting me enough to work through this country boy to the people you love that you're passionate for they want a big hug from you daddy and you're giving hugs out today and you're asking us to run jump up in your lap to sit with you in your throne to be your kings and priests Thank you, Lord, for the power of the Spirit that's in this room right now. That we can receive all of heaven because heaven has come to earth. And in these earthen vessels, the kingdom of heaven is ready to spill out. Thank you, Lord. Fill us up until only you is what the world can see. this is what you want today, would you come forward? Just you and Jesus. Just you and Daddy. If this is really what you want, He'll meet you. Every step you make is worship. <sighs> You're God's credible witness today. Let the wind blow. To the guests, thank you for coming. If you need to leave, you're welcome to go, but we're going to spend some time in the holies of holies with our daddy. Hallelujah. Receive him. The best is yet to come.